Hello, my name is John Tonsi, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm Joel Simpson, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Tiffany Money. So Tiffany, where did you grow up? I grew up in Des Moines on the east side over by the state fairgrounds for most of my childhood and lived with my dad and my siblings and my stepmom. Then in middle school, I moved in with my mom and we moved over by Roosevelt. So as a kiddo, when I was really small, it was on the east side. And then as I got older, then we moved into the Roosevelt area. And so that's where I graduated from high school. So where do you live now? Now I live in Indianola with my husband and our kiddos. This was our happy medium since I grew up in Des Moines and he grew up in Milo. I told him if we were going to buy a house, there had to at least be an actual grocery store. Casey's didn't count. So even if there's four of them? Not even if there's four of them. No, they all tend to carry the same stuff. Um, it's just a matter of how far you have to drive to get to the same stuff. Love the pizza. I need some produce. <laughs> I, I think they have like apples and bananas now. Now. I, there's a wicked parfait too, but. <laughs> I mean, you're in Milo. You can grow your own food, right? I have a black thumb. I do spectacular with weeds. I can grow weeds like nobody's business. They are taller than me sometimes. If it's supposed to actually be a productive or enjoyable plant, I cannot sustain it. Not to save my life. Mm-mm. <laughs> so how long have you guys lived here in Indianola? We have lived here since 2010. We bought our first house over in the McCord Brick Ranch District. And we were there until about four years ago. And then we moved into what will one way or another be our forever home because I'm moving again. One way or another, I'm getting wheeled out of that house and it's either going to go somewhere with assistance or just go on home. I'm done. (laughs) I'm not moving anymore. I don't like it. Not going to do it. And I've accumulated more junk. So I know I'm going to like it even less. Right, we we just moved and it is mm-hmm. it is not fun to do. No, that's for sure. no. And I bet you moved in and went, oh, there's so much space here. What are we going to do with all this space? Yeah, uh, we have a Morton building and I was just, I was telling Elizabeth when we moved in, like, we will never be able to fill this thing up. False. There's so much space. I say false. Yep. Uh, well, we're three months in and I looked at it the other day and I was like, where did all of this stuff come from? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. It just, it's, you know, I'm pretty sure that odd socks and Tupperware lids do actually transform into something else. It's like reincarnation within your household, and it goes from being productive and the reason you originally spent money to purchase it to just space. It's just clutter. We're just, it's just there, and um, we don't have the time or energy to get rid of it. It's just there. So that Morton building, you've got how many kids still living at home? Three? Yeah, there's three of them still. And the, and the animals are accumulating daily. So <laughs> no, that Morton building's <laughs> gone by next Friday. You're out of luck. <laughs> uh-uh. So true. Half of it's probably going to end up being a horse barn. <laughs> I refuse to let that happen. Uh-huh. We'll see. I am going to build another building <laughs> for, for the horses. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh-huh. Good luck. <laughs> So, uh, tell us how you met your husband. Well, I just want to preface this with, um, Brad and I met BC. That's before Christ. Yes. (laughs) When we both spent a lot of time hanging out at a particular watering hole, right? He was a karaoke DJ, which evidently is like the epitome of cool. Yes, just ask him. He'll tell you there's t-shirts from it and everything. I, I, I really want one. Oh, I have photo evidence. Um, feel free to ask him 
about the rap song he recorded as well. He would love to share that with you, I'm certain. I'm certain of it. Oh, yes. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yep. So I was actually playing pool, and Brad says he was waiting to play, but I know for a fact he can't play at all. It hasn't gotten better since then. He can't really play pool. So I think he just was trying to get my attention, of course. But he was in the way, and I was trying to make a shot, and I asked him to move, and he said, well, only if I can have next. Whatever. Okay, put a quarter down. You can have next. And that was it. And then we started meeting there more regularly, started hanging out. Our very first date, kudos to him. I don't know why he stuck around. We went, well, we were supposed to take my dog for a walk. That was supposed to be our very first date. We were going to take the dog for a walk around Gray's Lake. It was cold and nasty out. So instead, we ordered. And you didn't own a dog. You had to I go did get have her. a dog. I did have a dog, which Brad hated because she shed everywhere. So like he would come over. And if you know my husband at all, his clothing and shoes and flat bill caps are pristine. When I met the man, he ironed his jeans before we went out. Okay. So he would come over to hang out and he would leave covered in dog hair. And again, I don't know why he stuck around. Love will do crazy things. Yes. Yes. I, I guess that was, um, that was a little, maybe the Holy Spirit just kind of like prompted him to stick it out because it was going to be worth it maybe. He might still be waiting for the worth it. I don't know. You'll have to ask him. That's a different interview. I got nothing. <laughs> but it was too cold and nasty. He brought over Godfather's Pizza and we hung out at the apartment instead. That was our first date. And that was Godfather's Pizza pre like gas station. Oh, this Godfather's is original Pizza. Godfather's over by Tate's on University. Okay. Tate's isn't even there anymore. But this was original Godfather's Pizza, like where you had to kind of wipe the grease off the booths before you sit down. Like it was skeezy sketchy, but it was delicious. <laughs> I can still taste that taco pizza. Oh, yeah. That's what we oh. had. Taco pizza. Mm-hmm. The original. So tell us about your children. So we have 3.5 children. Does that? I don't know. How does that count? <laughs> so our oldest is Tyler. He is 25 and he is married to Emma. So she is my daughter-in-law. I do is count she your .5? She's my .5. Yeah. I don't want to take credit away from her, her real mom. I mean, but she's my daughter. So we have Tyler and Emma and they live here in town. They've been married for a little over a year now. And then we have Vea, who is 14. And we have Theo, who just turned five. So just like nice, solid decade between your kids. There's a lot less bickering. The kids ask me, who is the favorite? Hands down. You are not supposed to have favorites, but the one that moved out is winning. (laughs) Right, right. I don't feed him anymore. I don't pick up after him. He has a lot less He does his own laundry as far as I know, unless Emma's doing it, but he always is clean when he comes around. So, I mean, I still get a Mother's Day card and some candy. He's winning. He's winning. But I love all of them. They're great kids. If I do say so myself. That's awesome. <laughs> how, long, how, long, uh, how long have you and Brad been married? Brad and I have been married for 14 years. Um, we had Vea before we got married. She was actually at our wedding. And then we adopted Tyler when he was 16. And then the morning after... Tyler moved into his first apartment. I had not been feeling great and um, found out it was because I was pregnant with Theo. So we thought when Tyler moved out, like, dude, we are halfway done. Vea is nine. Man, we're going to be empty nesters. Like by the time we're fifth. Nope. False. Not true. We just, we just started all over again. Just got her to the point where we could go to the pool and she could swim and I could just you know, supervise from the side while I soaked up the sun. And now, yeah, started all over, and, all over. And Theo's a handful. He is. He is a pistol. Pretty sure he takes after his dad because oh, his mom is just. Yeah, a saint. Yes. So chill. So chill. And he's just 
full of spitting fire and energy for days. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, like, I know God's plan is better than mine, right? I get that. I concede. However, Vea was a very mellow child, and I was considerably younger with a lot more energy. So I am not sure if this is supposed to be God's way of keeping me young and active or if he's just going to make sure to put those nails in the coffin one at a time and like, let's just get this party started because she ain't going to make it either way. <laughs> but it's a whole nother ball game chasing a little one. Sleepless nights when you are 37? Mm-mm. No. 27? Got it. Yep, I'm fine. Let's go. Go to work the next day? No problem. I got this. 37? I can't even do it on 10 hours sleep. What are you talking about? Like, no, I am too old. Everything hurts now. Waking up is physically painful. Everything has like cemented into place while I was sleeping. And I found out with Theo, it doesn't matter if you slept for two hours or eight hours. It still hurts. It hurts the same either way. Once you stop moving, it just all hurts. So when you get up three times a night, you're like, mm. So, you know, we all prayed for for you, for Theo, for a long time. Yeah, very long time. I mean, that's a that's definitely a, a story that God had his hand in. You want to yeah. give well, us that one? Well, I mean, one? you know, after we had Vea, I didn't have a great pregnancy with Vea. I was on bed rest, and she was early, and she... Spent some time in the NICU, and so honestly, right after she was born, I was like, this one might be an only child. Like, I don't know that my body can do that again. But by the time she was three, Brad and I had started talking about having another one, and when we first started trying, Vea, Vea was a surprise. We weren't trying to get pregnant with her, and so when we started having difficulty conceiving after her, it was confusing more than anything else. Like I just didn't understand why it had happened so easily the first time. And when we did ask for medical guidance, we were just pretty much told, well, you're healthy. You're both healthy. So just keep trying. And so we just, you know, we prayed about it and we tried really hard to just be patient with God's timing and to be understanding. And for anyone who's ever struggled with fertility, it's such a roller coaster because there's days that you're perfectly fine and you don't think about it. And then someone will say, hey, how's that going? Or you guys ever going to have another one? Or And it's it just brings up a lot of emotions and it's really challenging and exhausting. And, and it takes a lot of the fun out of marriage when growing a family becomes like a job. So as we're praying and things aren't happening and we had actually spoken to my primary doctor about, you know, whether or not fertility treatments would be an option for us and what that would look like. And they said very clearly from the very first conversation that I just wasn't a candidate. There wasn't anything that could be done that didn't involve hormone therapy and since my sister passed away from breast cancer at 36, I'm not allowed to do any type of hormone treatments for any reason that isn't like life-threatening because I just it just puts me at too high of a risk. So when we received that information, <clears throat> I remember talking to Gail Morris and he said that he and Carol were still praying for us. And... Brad and I had had such great conversation about the fact that all of a sudden we both felt at peace. Like somehow getting that information for us just gave us this sense of, okay, so this is God's will. Like this is what our family is, is meant to look like. This is, this is where we are. And, and we both were just very at peace with it. So when Gail said that, I was like, you know, Gail, I don't think you have to pray anymore. I think we're good. And he's like, well, I don't know. I know your heart's desire. And I said, yeah, but, you know, having faith sometimes is understanding that God's will is not always consistent with your heart's desire. It's not that he doesn't want us to have what we want, but he's not a genie in a bottle. 
and coming to terms with the fact that like what we desired didn't appear to be his will just was almost like a weight off our shoulders like we didn't have to keep trying and we didn't have to keep trying to figure it out and it was fine and around that same time we're made aware of a situation that was going on with our son Tyler and Tyler was one of the boys that we knew from youth at church and Brad had really developed a strong relationship with Tyler and they spent a a decent amount of time together especially with our friend Brandon Boyd you know the three of them would go play basketball and they would lift weights at the Y and they had this really good relationship and I found out one afternoon that there was some stuff going on with Tyler and he was potentially going to end up in foster care he was 16 almost 17 years old and the whole situation was just instantly heartbreaking I mean I was sad for him I was sad for Brad Um, I knew that he would most likely have to leave the area so I immediately called Brad and said hey have you talked to Tyler today and we were chatting on the phone and he said I got I got to call Pastor Donnie our youth pastor who was Tyler's pastor and they started having conversations and Brad called me back and just said hey I got to ask you something and I said the answer is yes I don't care what we have to do if he's open to it you need to just ask what we have to do to to have Tyler move in with us and mind you we were in our in our first home our starter home which was a two-bedroom one-bathroom brick ranch that was 900 square feet so adding a baby just meant that Vea was going to share her bedroom like it was going to be a nursery and yeah she's not sharing it with Tyler. she's not sharing a bedroom with a 16 year old boy right so I mean we just we weren't we weren't in a position to add anyone to our family we we hadn't planned on adopting or doing foster care or anything but but it was Tyler so Brad got home and we just started talking about it and praying about it and and we had reached out to Donnie and and Pastor Barry and there was a lot of support but also a lot of slow down this is a really big decision like hold on a second and we just don't follow directions very well so I mean within a matter of weeks Tyler's when when God is like yeah putting something on your heart and like I mean you just know yes it was it was all consuming it was instantly like we just knew we left it up to Tyler and we encouraged him to pray about it and we let him know what that decision would look like that you know we weren't looking to just have a young man in our home that we would temporarily host like if he if he wanted to he was going to be part of our family and he was going to have a little sister and and this is what it was going to look like and um and before you knew like we were adding a bedroom in the basement and a bunch of the guys from church had come over and they were framing up walls and putting in insulation and his dad you know agreed to sign over custody and the judge signed off on it and all of a sudden we were a family of four and we had a, a son and we had a daughter and it was just like, Ugh. well, this, you know, like it would just was so confirming that like, see, God did have a plan. Like this is why we were so comfortable and this is why we were at peace with it. And it's not that there weren't hiccups. It's not that there weren't like times that were emotionally challenging or Um, that it was a painless process, but it was so evident throughout all of it that it was God's will and that Tyler was always meant to be part of our family, um, that he was our son. And so when he got ready to graduate, we had conversations about what the expectations were for him to accomplish before we felt like it would be beneficial for him to move out and get his own place so we had sat down we had just a family meeting which if you ask Tyler means that he listened to a monologue from Brad maybe one for me but probably I'm not as long-winded as Brad is um and so we just you know we went over these guidelines and we just said you know you're an adult 
you can decide whether or not to do these things, but this is what we feel like you should do in order to create a foundation before you move out on your own. And so he had these goals and he was working really hard and was accomplishing them and decided to move out. And I was not home the day that he moved out. By the grace of God, I had to go to a camping bachelorette party, which if you know me at all, that's about as far from fun as I can get other than volunteering to shovel manure for a friend at their farm. Nope. Unsubscribe. Thank you. I like my bed. That's why I bought it. I'm not sleeping on the ground or an air mattress. No. However, I do very much love my sister-in-law. And for her, this was a memory-filled adventure to kick off her marriage with my brother-in-law. So there I was, camping, while Brad helped Tyler move everything out and just cried and cried and cried because Tyler was moving out. I'm like, nope, I'm making s'mores by the fire. I'm good. I love you. Come for dinner next weekend. I was fine, right? I was totally fine until I got home and saw his empty bedroom. And then I cried and wanted to vomit which is, again, not me. Yep, wanted to vomit really bad. So the next morning I woke up, still wanted to vomit. And I just thought, I know there's pregnancy tests still up in the cabinet. Because again, if you've ever struggled with infertility, just go ahead and buy stock in first response. Because the, they're always going to be in the cabinet. They're there. They haunt you. Um, they never seem to go away. We moved four years ago. There's still one in my half bathroom. Anybody needs one? Just pop on over. Lower left-hand side of the guest half bath. Um, if you come out crying, I'll know. One way or another, you got in that drawer. That test popped up so fast. Big old plus sign. Might have said some BC words. It was a shock. And then I'm pretty sure I did puke. And oh my goodness, I had like, whew, what, 36, 37 when I found out I was pregnant. I had like the epitome of the perfect pregnancy. We found out when I was seven weeks pregnant. Okay, with Vea, I was like done with my first trimester. She was a huge surprise. I didn't even know I was pregnant. No, we found out right away. I said, Brad, don't tell anybody. We got to like, come on, we got to go to the OB. We got to make sure this is a viable pregnancy. I might not even carry it to full term. That was a Sunday morning. Guess how long he lasted. Pastor Barry was standing there when we walked in the building. I mean, I was like freshly showered. I don't think my hair was even dry. And he starts, hey, PB, come here. Come here. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. My mother-in-law knew by the time we left church that morning. Everyone on staff, pretty sure all the board members, half the congregation knew we were pregnant. I was like, I barely even know I'm pregnant. I'm not even 100% certain I'm pregnant. Okay, here we go. I was pregnant. Carried to full term. Signed up for the C-section because that last month, that, mm -mm, I never did that with Vea. That's for the birds. So glad I'm not ever doing that again. Because that was miserable. I hated it. So when the, uh, when the doctor was like, well, you had a C-section the first time. You can have another. Yep. Is there paperwork? Like, do I call and leave a message? How do we? What's the earliest date available? What time? I'll be there. We did that. We got there at like 5 a.m. in the morning. He showed up by 5.45. We were good. It was great. Great. And he was a beautiful, perfect angel baby. So tell us how you started coming to Indianola first. When we first bought the house, um, we moved from Norwalk to here in Indianola. Um, when we first got married, we were, we were in an apartment in Norwalk. And when we started looking for houses, we knew that Indianola was going to be a more feasible option for us financially. And so we bought the house and st we were going to Christian Life Assembly over by the bypass, loved the church, but I grew up really when I was 
young, I only went to church like with my grandparents and on the weekends that we visited my mom. And I never knew any of the kids. They didn't, my mom never lived in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. None of them went to school with me. And so I always kind of felt like an outcast at church. So when we moved here, we had a few conversations about finding a church family that was in the community that we were living in so that our kids would be with peers at church and at school. They could support each other. And so that we could have relationships with adults that were in the community that we live in. I had really great relationships with friends from Des Moines. I never saw them or spent time with them because even though it's not very far, it was far enough that we didn't regularly get together. And so we started looking for churches here in town. We visited a number of churches um, and there were a lot of really great churches. We just were struggling to find one that we all felt at home. Brad's brother was coming to church with us at the time with his daughter, Kendra, and his mom had started coming to church with us as well. And so the whole family was coming and we would kind of find one place and it would feel good for maybe some of us, but not all of us. And so we came here and we visited a couple of times and it wasn't a good fit. It was just not, um, we loved the children's programs for both Kendra and Bea, but it just, there were certain aspects of it that just, it wasn't the right fit for us. So we decided to keep looking. And since we did live so close, we regularly drove by and at one point saw that the marquee sign said, please help us welcome our new pastor, Barry Hill. And Brad goes, "Ah, I think that was the guy that was playing the piano, which he said, we gotta gotta go back. He he reminded me of Elton John. I really liked his music. (laughs) I want to see what he preaches like. So (laughs) we decided to come back. Pastor Barry had been lead pastor for a few weeks when we came back and it was truly a different experience. It was just different and I can't really put into words. It was just that this one felt like it fit and that we were welcome, that we were wanted and that we were supposed to be here. And so we've been here ever since. That was what, 2011, I believe. So... It's been a couple it's years. It's been a few. Yeah, a few. Where do you normally sit on Sundays? Right side, third row back. <laughs> what do you do if somebody's in your seat when you get here? Good luck beating my mother-in-law to our seats. Okay. There's a... No. Um. She's got her own key. <laughs> she comes in early, turns the lights on, and sits in her no, seat. No, we have shifted a little bit. I mean, there's been different areas in the sanctuary, but when you have extended family that joins you for church, you do all tend to congregate to the same area because then you can find each other and you know where to sit. So what do you, what do, you do for a living, Tiffany? I heard cats. No. <laughs> Actually, we're a pet-free household. Um, no. I do childcare. So for the last 14, 13 years, for the last 13 years, I have done in-home daycare. And now we are transitioning to a center, a new facility, where I will still be able to do childcare, but we'll be able to expand our program to include on-site preschool, have additional staff, have kitchen staff, and be able to have a much larger program and space for the kids. That's awesome. What's one thing that your business did that you didn't expect? Outgrew our space. (laughs) You mean your basement? (sighs) Yes. We even got a bigger basement, and we still outgrew the space. You kicked Tyler (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is funny, because when we were at the old house... And we added Tyler's bedroom that took like half of my daycare space. And when we started looking for a new home, 
one of the things on our list was to have essentially like a mother-in-law suite so that the daycare could truly be separate from the rest of our home. And we really, I mean, we gave God a tough list for our forever home. And when he presented the perfect, I mean, it was the perfect house for what we wanted for our family long-term. And Brad and I talked about the fact that like, it was so great because I would never have to leave the house to work. I would always be able to just have the program downstairs. And it has been such a huge blessing as well as a challenge to consistently see families struggling to find quality childcare, have them calling, asking for openings. When will I have one? You know, is there a wait list? Can they get on it? Do I have suggestions for other places to call? And we just don't have enough childcare in Indianola. We just don't. There's a lot of really great programs and I feel so blessed to have done childcare here because the sense of community amongst the in-home providers is such a blessing. I mean, it just, my mom did in-home when I was younger and I remember it being very competitive and, and not friendly with each other. And that is not the community that we have here. The providers, we all train together. We communicate regularly. We have uh, social media groups where we can bounce ideas off of each other and support each other. Um, It's just really, really beautiful. And we will regularly reach out to each other. Hey, I've got a family. These are the kiddos they have. Does anybody have openings? Do you know of a program that would be a good fit for them? It's just really great, but it's still not enough. It's just not. We just don't have enough spots. And prior to 2020, it was very common to see families find childcare closer to work because you couldn't do it closer to home. We didn't have any spots in town. Like nobody had openings. And so families would regularly find childcare closer to where they worked. Well, then everybody quit going to work. And we all started getting calls. Well, I'm going to have to take my kid to Norwalk and then drive back home to work and then go to Norwalk to pick them up and then come back home because there's nothing in town. Or I'm driving to the south side of Des Moines or I'm driving to Carlisle. Like there was nowhere in town that you could find childcare. And I had a long waiting list. I wasn't going to have openings because the families that I had were having more kids and telling me as soon as they started trying in order to make sure that, you know, they would be able to stay in my program. And so Brad and I started talking about like, they're just, we have to, we have to be able to help more than six kids. We just do. And so we started praying about it and looking at different options and I have been blown away and completely humbled that this vision that I originally brought to Brad way back in 2011 when I started doing in-home I said someday someday I really want to be able to open a center and I want it to take like all of the things I love about in-home and combine them with the consistency that kids get from a center. And to be sitting here almost 15 years later and have the relationships that God truly brought into my life without me seeking them out, the resources to fund it without going into debt, It's just amazing to me that every single step of this process, as there have been things that were unanticipated, he's just provided. There has been very little doubt 
as to whether or not I was pursuing his will because he just keeps showing up with all the details that I didn't even know to anticipate. So I didn't expect to outgrow our space. I dreamed about someday outgrowing our space. But honestly, when we moved into the new house, I, I kind of thought like, maybe I'm not going to do a center. Maybe we're just going to, I mean, it's the entire lower, lower level of our house. We have kitchen, bathroom, separate entrance, everything, right? Like maybe this is it. The fact that within three years of moving into that house, we were drawing up blueprints for a 5,000 square foot facility for kids with on-site preschool. And then to see the staff that he has brought together to love on these kids, just, it, it blows my mind. I never could have dreamed of all of this when I was thinking about what the future would hold. Like, it's just, it's humbling. It really is. So he just keeps throwing kids into my life. It was a surprise. Tyler was a surprise. Theo was a surprise. And now I'm getting 60 new surprises. <laughs> That's so awesome to see how God works through that and how faithful he is. And, and you know, just you can't outgive God. You yeah. know, he just, you know, continues to, to bless and provide. And so cool to see how he works through those things. Yeah. So, Tiffany, tell us your testimony. Which one? (laughs) I grew up as a very small child in church. My dad's parents were very heavily involved in their church, and it was very important to them that all of their grandkids be involved in the church. My dad consistently told us growing up that he had a strong relationship with the Lord, but he had a very um, sour taste toward organized religion. So God bless the Jehovah's Witnesses that showed up at our house because he was not as kind as he could have been. My mom, um, who left when when I was very young, when she did come back into the picture and she started having visitation, Uh, with us she always had like Sundays and Wednesdays and so she would always take us to church so I grew up in church I knew from a very young age who God was who Jesus was I asked him into my heart when I was like four or five I got baptized I think in like second grade I have a picture of it I don't actually remember it um but my actual childhood was kind of odd because at my dad's house we were very just middle America my dad worked my stepmom stayed home she took care of us kids we had very consistent structure but there was no church and no God in our household at my mom's house it was very chaotic and she moved around a lot and um She struggled with being healthy, and that made it hard for her to be a good mom. But we were always in church, and and her faith was very important to her, and it was very important to her that we knew God, that we had a relationship with him. So it was kind of at odds with, you know, what was Christianity, what was God, what was right, what was wrong, because you know, this side said this and the other said the other and they were always at odds with each other. So when I was in high school, I was really involved because I could drive myself. And so I was really involved with our youth group and I was at church all the time in Des Moines and all of my friends went to church with me and went to school with me and um, I really loved that because I hadn't had it as a little kid and then when I was 17 um, my dad suddenly passed away of a heart attack and I was very angry I was very very angry 
that he was gone. Um, I, I didn't know how to process it. It didn't make sense to me. And I just thought if that was God's will, I didn't want anything to do with God. And I remember actually like yelling at him in prayer and telling him that I didn't want anything to do with him. And I became very rebellious and I didn't get in trouble according to like what the world says is acceptable, but I was making very poor decisions that were really just leading to my self-destruction. Um, I've never been a drug or alcohol person. I'm too controlling. I don't like the feeling of being out of control, but I am an adrenaline junkie. And so I was spending a lot of time making poor choices to see kind of how much I could do and what would give me that high, that adrenaline high that I was looking for. Traveled a ton. I was a very irresponsible driver for a very long time. I don't know how I... I do know how I didn't lose my license. It was because I never got caught in the same county. <laughs> That's the only reason. It wasn't even the same state sometimes. And there was a sense of like, <laughs> if only you knew, you'd be giving me an actual ticket. But at one point, I made a decision to travel out of the country with a family that I was nannying for. I went all the way to South Africa and was completely isolated for the first time in my life. I grew up in a household with four siblings. I was always very busy. I had a busy social life, even after I moved out of my parents' house. And then I went to South Africa with this family that I knew. And although they were very gracious hosts, I was very lonely. I felt like I was on the outside. They were a family, and we were attending a church there that was unlike any church I had ever been to, and it was the first time I had gone back to church, really, since my dad passed away. And this pastor was, he was not a charismatic speaker. He just was spitting out so much truth that I needed to hear. And I really feel like God made sure that I had a lot of alone time to really process everything that he was trying to say to me as I was vehemently trying not to listen to him. And I was laying in my room one day and I experienced something I've never experienced since had never experienced before it was just this overwhelming light that I could actually see with my eyes closed it was just this very warm bright light and the more I tried to focus on it the more at peace I felt. And I just started sobbing because I felt like I had a lot of fear at that point that he would never take me back. That I had made a decision that I couldn't unmake. And I knew that I missed him and I needed him and that I wasn't experiencing fulfillment and I knew I was raised in the church I knew that if I wasn't pursuing the purpose I was created for I was not going to find fulfillment it didn't matter how fast I drove it didn't matter what I did to try and pursue that I wasn't going to find joy until I started pursuing what I was made for and the relationship that I was created to be in but I had chosen to leave that relationship and in that moment I just knew that it wasn't the same as death it wasn't the same as divorce 
I was welcome. I hadn't ended the relationship. I had just quit talking to him for a while. He just was waiting. He was just waiting for me. And once I experienced that, I just, I couldn't get enough of spending time at the church. And I started going to like Bible studies that some of the other young adults were hosting in their home and um, found out I really liked rugby. That might have a little bit to do with the adrenaline junkie. They hit hard. There's no pads. Tyler did play rugby. (laughs) I might have encouraged that. But then I was supposed to be there for a couple of years and I came home for Christmas and all of a sudden like found out that part of the contract for going over there like they hadn't maintained and so as my host like I couldn't go back with them because they hadn't maintained their side of the contract and so like South Africa has very very strict guidelines because their unemployment rate is so high and so here I was back in my sister and brother-in-law's house like staying in their spare room and and then I ran into Brad when I was out with friends. And it was so funny because we met at a bar. But one of the very first conversations that we had, I had told him that, you know, my faith was really important to me. And that I refused to be in a relationship with someone who wasn't on the same page as me because my mom had always taken us kids to church by herself and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go as a family and he goes, well, I'm, I'm very spiritual. I won't say what else he shared as far as his concept of spirituality at that point, but we were not equally yoked. We were not. Um, (laughs) but he, he was open to going to church with me. And so he said, you find the church you want to go to and I'll come with you. So I did. And we ended up at CLA and we had a pastor there though. The pastor that married us and dedicated Vea, Pastor Dobie Weasel was hands down the most charismatic pastor I've ever met in my life. And he ignited a fire in my husband that I didn't know was, I don't think he even knew he was capable of having. Like, it was just amazing to see how both of us, our our relationships with the Lord just, once we were both on the same page as a family, and it was a priority, and we were raising our daughter in it, like, it was just amazing to see how important it came became to us that each of us was putting God before the other person, which especially as young newlyweds, like you're learning how not to be selfish anyway. You're learning how to like coexist with another person. And we had a kid. And so learning how to make it God first and then us and then Avea was, it was, it was really challenging. It was really challenging, but we would not be where we are today if we hadn't set that precedence from that point, if we hadn't maintained it all this time. Like now when you say, what is my testimony? It is that God has shown me over and over and over again that when I stay in relationship with him, he is truly a good father. And he not only loves me, but he does care about the desires of my heart. And his hopes for my future are so much bigger than I can imagine on my own. So much bigger. I can't dream bigger than what 
he already has planned. I'm not capable of it. And praise God that he's a he's a pursuing God. He is. And, you know, you said you thought that you had gone too far. And no matter how many steps that we feel like we take away or we walk from him, man, if we just turn around, he's right yeah. there. Yeah. I love <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Such a common verse. Everybody loves that verse. Plans to pursue you for goodness, for a future. Have you read Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10? That's a very different tone. Like, they're looking at 40 life. Okay, you got life, essentially. It is going to suck. He says flat out, like, start your families. Set up camp. Build homes. You're here for a long, and it's going to be rough. But I know the plans I have for you. And I think about that so many times when I look at where I've been, what I've gone through, the life I set up, and then, and then, he knows the plans he has for me. He got me through one through 10 so far. Pretty sure, I mean, I'm only 42. There's got to be more. Uh, you, you hit that 40 years. <laughs> right? <laughs> My dad only made it to 40 years, okay? Like, I'm doing pretty good, honestly. My sister was 36. My dad was 40. I got to beat mom next. She was 59, so I got a little bit of a jog ahead of me. <laughs> Birthdays just ring true sometimes in a different way than you think. But, man, like, when you really look at that verse in the context that it was intended, it is so much more than a t-shirt. It is so much more than a bumper sticker. Like, he's made it abundantly clear. We are going to struggle. So buckle up. This is life. But the plans he has are so much greater He's so faithful too, yeah. as you go through, you know, and, and yeah, just as John was saying, he just pursues us. And, and it's one of those where many times we're too afraid to let go of what we have, uh-huh. but the reality is God has something so much better in store for us if we just let go, Yeah, you know, and, uh, it's just incredible to see how God works in and through our lives. I, I'll say, I feel like we could talk uh, all night, uh, and and this has been fantastic. Really, really enjoyed. This is my first podcast experience. I've awesome. never done a podcast. How, how was it? I mean, do I get a T-shirt? Like, I, I, feel, I feel like, like that's this a good means idea. We need a I've arrived on some <laughs> level, right? Like, am I cool now? Is it a club? Like, if there's membership dues. I'm going. You can't use no, it. No, it's fine. But I do like. <laughs> but that's the something we idea. should we should talk about. <laughs> I feel like we definitely need a T-shirt. Um, yeah, right. I did it or something like you know. I podcasted. I podcasted. <laughs> <laughs>